Good afternoon, everyone. Great to have you again listening to the Inner Revolution podcast. We have some special guests today, uh, Anna and Neil. Uh, they're going to be sharing with us about marriage and relationships. And the third option, uh, just by way of introduction, they have been married 22 years. They have five children, and they have an awesome heart for counseling. And uh, so I've asked them just to share a little bit about uh, relationships and the third option. You may be asking yourself, what is that third option? I don't even know what the third option is, so I'm very excited to hear from them. And by the way, just before we get started, uh, check us out on Instagram, Facebook. Let us know your comments. We, we really love the feedback. also have a tool with me again, our faithful brother in arms, and uh, he's not flexing today. That's a good thing. Um, That's for Jason. But we'll, we'll let him talk later. <laughs> uh, but Neil, Anna, great to have you tonight, and go for it. The floor is yours. Well, <clears throat> thank you, Pastor Jason, for, uh, for having us do this. We're very encouraged by all the previous podcasts that we've been listening to. <clears throat> and to just dive directly into what we want to talk about, the third option. So last year at convention, there was a pastor from Europe who had preached a message Uh, on the passage from Matthew chapter 1, verses 19 through 25. And we would like to take that seed thought and relate it to marriage. If you guys know what that, um, if you're familiar with that passage, it is a devastating passage where Joseph finds out that the woman he is about to marry, the woman that he is engaged to, is pregnant and he had absolutely nothing to do with it. I understand where he's coming from. This is not the plan that he had for his life. You know, this is not what he had kind of bargained for. And if I were to read verse 19, it's like this. It says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make it a public example, was minded to put her away privately. And... Like the thought that we had, my wife and I have been talking about this, is the thought that we had was that Joseph must have gone to his counselor, you know, must have gone to his counselor, must have gone to his rabbi, who sat him down and said to him, you have two options. You have two options. The two options are you can either put away Mary publicly or you can put Mary away privately. If you put her away publicly, you are going to bring shame on her, and you're definitely going to bring shame on yourself. If you put her away privately, then you're going to spare the shame. It's up to you, Joseph. And these are the only two options that Joseph has, and the Bible records that. These are the two options that he has. And if Joseph had followed through with either one of these two options, then the story would have been only about Joseph and about nothing else. Hmm. Okay? But then verse 20 says that when he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and spoke to him. So here we see that in verse 20, like God spoke to him in a dream. Like God is speaking to him in a dream, not a Christian counselor, Not a pastor, but like God directly is speaking to him in the dream. 
And Joseph realizes for the first time in this ordeal that there are more than two options, that there actually is a third option. It is an option he had not even considered before until God spoke to him directly, Hmm. right? Everyone told him that there were only two options, but God told him to marry Mary. As the third option, God told him to marry Mary. And if I may be so bold as to even suggest it like this, is that God told him to marry the problem. Hmm. Marry the problem. Like, not distance yourself from the problem. Like, don't distance yourself, don't separate yourself from the problem, but marry the problem. And Joseph decided to do this. And because Joseph decides to do this, the story now is no more about Joseph or Mary. But the story right now is only about God. Mm. The story right now is only about God. And like the, the thought that I had as well along with this when we were thinking about this was, like I wonder what would have happened if Joseph had decided to put her away either privately or publicly. If he said, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna follow the advice that I've been given, like the two natural options, the two obvious natural options. I don't have any other choices. I'm going to put it away privately or I'm going to put it away publicly. He would probably have gone on and he would have lived a very happy life. He'd probably met a lovely young lady and married her and lived a happy life. But the savior of the world would have still been born, would have still been born and Joseph would have missed out on the opportunity to lose his life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Joseph would have missed out on the opportunity to lose his life. I mean, literally, right? For Christ's sake, as in Matthew 10, 39. Mm -hmm. Lose your life for my sake, in Matthew 10, 39. And this to me is like the, the thought that I have is for anyone here who is listening and maybe in their marriage, they've maybe reached this place where they're kind of thinking, that I have only two options. I have only two options. Like, I wanna just say that when you hear from God, like when you hear directly from the Holy Spirit, when you hear from God, you realize that there is a third option. Mm -hmm. There is a third option. And it is to lose your life, and it is to marry the problem, and it is not to distance yourself from the problem. And when you do that, then the story is then no more about you or your mate or your spouse or your problems, but then the story then becomes only about God. The story becomes only about God, and as we're talking about the purpose of marriage, then the marriage becomes the ministry. Hmm. The marriage becomes a ministry. In other words, it's not that I have my ministry and Anna has her ministry, but that the marriage, our marriage then becomes a ministry. So, Anna, is there something that you'd like to Yeah, to and add to that's that? a beautiful <clears throat> thought because Pastor Schaller mentioned like a few months ago in his message that what I'm looking at can change the whole thing. And what, like what I focus on can change my whole perspective and my orientation in my thinking. And I can very easily be looking at the wrong thing, very sincerely, but looking at the wrong thing. And... So it is an orientation question. Like, am I self-oriented in my marriage or am I Christ-oriented? And 
you know, when you run into a problem in your marriage and you, the natural thing is like, I talk to my, my family, I talk to counselors, I talk to people to find out what my options are. And the questions that I'm being told in the world today to ask is like, I wrote some of them down. It's, am I happy in my marriage? Am I receiving what I'm putting in in my marriage? Does my marriage complement me or does it complete me? These are some of the words that we hear. Do I feel fulfilled in my marriage? Do I feel important in my marriage? Do I feel loved or honored or cherished in my marriage? These are the questions that I'm being told by my counselors to ask to, to, um, to figure out which way I should go. And it's very easy to, based on these questions, focus on something that is self-oriented, it's subjective, and to latch onto it and start making decisions that then end up taking me down a complete other road, you know, that wasn't God's plan at all. And so I think that the orientation is so crucial that we are, we are Christ-oriented and we learn to ask the right questions in our marriage. When we are Christ-oriented, we ask the right questions. And Joseph was humble that he was able to ask the right question. And when God came to him and told him to marry his problem, he was ready for it. His heart was available to it. Hmm. And I think this is a beautiful story concerning marriage. Wow. I mean, this is so loaded, what you're saying. You know, uh, this is exactly opposite of what the world is saying. They're, they're all about, you know, identifying the problem and blaming the, the, the other person. But, but really, God's perspective is... It's not just her problem or his problem. It's your problem together to work together, to identify together and to grow together through it. And, um, you know, you're, you're giving some great points here. <laughs> I mean, think about Joseph. I mean, just in the, just the process that he had to go through in his own heart. And with marriage, I think there's a lot of concepts, a lot of idea, uh, ideals. Uh, how, how would you say, Neil, how can a, a young man work through... <clears throat> his idealistic thoughts about marriage and then let's say there's problems arguments challenges how does he work through those things and and to to really marry the problem work through the problem and not get offended or um get weird about the problem (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you know there's there's always like really practical answers that we have right like there's like lots of practical things that one can do but like I think of Pastor Shallow's message this past Sunday mm. where he spoke of the widow of Zarephath, you know, and Elijah, Elisha, Elijah. And like my responsibility still as a man is that I must come with my empty containers to God. Mm. Like I must come. And if I come, like those containers, if I come with those empty vessels to God, like, God fills it with oil, you know? Mm. And how did he refer to, like, what, what was it that Pastor Shiloh said? that? Well, the, the anointing is everything. And, and, like, when we have the vessels of our lives, like, we think of the different areas of our lives. We have our family, we have our marriage, we have our ministry. And, like, when we're gathering the empty vessels where we want God to show up in our finances, and by faith we gather the empty vessels... But in that story, like, she was instructed to go into her house and close the door. 
And in my, in my private prayer closet, like I bring my vessel to God, my vessel of marriage to God particularly. And I say, God, you have to fill this vessel with your oil. And you have to anoint our... There's no other way. There's no me figuring it out. There's not him figuring it out. Um, there's no right words to say except that, God, you have to fill our... You have to anoint our marriage. And that's... It's a work that God does. Mm. It's not something that we can do. Mm. Anna, can I ask you, just as a wife of 22 years, like you talk about perspective, how, how, did you, how do you keep your perspective and... How would you encourage uh, ladies to keep their perspective without blaming or without being a self-defeatist, maybe being hard on them on your own self? Like, how do you work through the problem? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think the very most important thing is that my life has to be Christ-centered first. Is that my very, every morning I wake up and my husband has a clean slate. And mm. I am... I have a clean slate, he has a clean slate, and we come together, our marriage is gone through the cross every single day, like we literally live the finished work together. And I, I think that if my life is Christ-centered, and I'm seeing my husband in Christ, like there's no problem. There's no problem in him loving me, and there's no problem in me submitting to him. The problems arise when my orientation changes, mm. and I start asking questions, well, what about me? What about my needs? What about me, you know, the, the very thing that women do all the time is mm -hmm. look at the man to fulfill my needs, mm -hmm. you know, and to say, <clears throat> actually, those needs are not meant to be filled by him. Wow. Yeah. It's wow. beautiful. The third option. I like the third option. Yeah. It's good. Clean slate. Mm -hmm. That is a, um, mm -hmm. just, a, just kind of bouncing it around here a little bit. How do you help someone really live in that mindset of a or orientation of a clean slate. Let's say there's a blatant problem or there is a um, just a gorilla in the room as they say. How do you how do you help ladies or men for that matter to shift into a clean slate? Because that's so that's such a powerful orientation. Yeah. I, I know from a lady's perspective if I come to my husband with a clean slate, it allows me to have capacity for brokenness and humility, so we're working on the problem together. And if I come to him with a set of, you know, a, a laundry list of things that need to get done, then there's the brokenness is not there. So we, we, we actually don't agree with not fighting. We, we very much advocate fighting. We argue a lot. We, we our life is tough in terms of communication, but we have agreed that every morning, 100% clean slate. We start from the beginning. Even if you have to talk about the hard things, we offer each other that, you know, you go to God, I go to God, and then we come together. And I also think of um, Pastor Stephen's booklet, Just Let God Love You, mm -hmm. you know. And it starts, it starts with, me being able to receive God's objective love towards me. And it's that isn't like it's very glib and it's easy to say off the tongue. But in order for me to understand and accept and receive God's love towards me, it only it only can only happen if I do have like this intrinsic understanding of my depravity. Mm. You know? And when I have that understanding of my depravity and that God loves me this is like the basis for a clean slate for me. Mm -hmm. And this is the basis of a clean slate 
for my wife. Mm. That's beautiful. I was listening to you guys, and so I guess it's that 24 hour that you have in a day, and you start your morning with God. Mm-hmm. And because you have a vertical with God, and you don't need your husband to fill that vertical mm-hmm. because you have that with God. So your marriage is beautiful mm-hmm. in that 24 hour because that's all we have in a day is 24 hours. Now, what would you say to people who are listening, perhaps are struggling in their marriage, mm-hmm. do not know the third option? Yeah. What, what would you say to them? Like, how could they come to that point, say, hey, like perhaps they're drowning mm-hmm. in their relationship, whether it's a male as a husband or a wife, either one are drowning, what would you say to them, hey, there is hope. There would someone will throw a rope to you. How would, what would you say to that couple who's listening? But I, like I think, you know, as a man, that it is just, I mean, a, this is advice that I give to my, to my daughters, is that um, my love is not enough for Anna. It is not enough for her. Like, she needs to be loved, but not by me. Like, she needs to be loved first by God. Mm-hmm. If she is loved by God, then my love is enough for her. And vice versa. I need to be loved by God. If I am loved by God, then her, adic- then her love is never inadequate. Mm. You know? And I think, like... Like one of the things I encourage my, my daughters in this in this regard is that we are so encouraging them to like you develop like like you develop your relationship with God, you know, and you you learn to receive God's love towards you. And as parents, I don't want to shift topic here, but like in as parents, in this sense we do not rob our children of the cross when it comes into mm-hmm. their life. Mm-hmm. We don't rob them of that. If there's an opportunity for the cross to be worked to their life, we love to step back and let God do the work. Because when that happens, that is when they learn to receive God's love towards them. Mm-hmm. And it's not standards, and it's not morals and rules and this and that. Mm. It's beautiful. And I would just want to clarify real quick, like when we talked about the clean slate and loving your spouse, like we, the very foundation of our understanding of this is that the clean slate is not mine to give. God's love is not mine to give. Hmm. Forgiveness is not mine to give. I can agree with God and I can um, reflect God's love to the other person. Grace and, and is can, not mine to give. Yes. Mm-hmm. Grace is not mine to give. I'm not the dispenser of God's grace. Mm-hmm. I don't decide yes. how much my spouse gets. Yes. Yes. Grace has been given to my wife by God, manifold grace. Mm-hmm has been given to my wife by God, not by me. Mm-hmm. So, so when you look at it, without Christ, we can't do this. We can't. We, Christ has to be the center of our marriage, our relationship, because we don't, and because of Him, we have clean slates. Not because, it's, because otherwise we're complete messes. Amen. Mm-hmm. And just to end it in that sense, then by saying this, then the story is again no more about my wife and about me but then the story is then completely about, about the God, Savior. about the Savior. That's amazing. I, I love I love that objective point there because it can be all about me or all about them. But when it's all about God, there's something living, there's something organic, there's mm-hmm. something life giving. Mm-hmm. And even if you're a new married couple, uh, just the uh, just the invaluable point of creating habits to 
develop spiritual intimacy mm -hmm. and to develop a, uh, a Christ-likeness, a following of Christ, and to uh, draw out in each other a spiritual uh, connections and a, a right orientation. And, you know, we could talk long on this, but I'd love to have you guys come back again because I, I think there's so much to unpack. There's my word. Pastor Jason, that is your I've favorite word. I've been holding on. For 20 minutes, you've been holding on. I just want to say one thing, uh, Pastor Jason, as we close. Um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, don't feel like that because the heartache in your marriage or there's lack of communication that you're feeling in your relationship. You know, God is still in it. And God could make it better. Without Christ, we could never do anything. With Christ, we could go... We can move any mountain and your marriage still has hope because it's in Christ. So don't give up, mm. don't quit, and don't retrieve. Just remember, God is with you, God is for you, and you can, you'll make it. Mm. And love is messy, isn't it? Very messy. Love is incredibly messy. Love looks forward into the eyes of Christ. It gives a clean slate. And I love what you said. It's like not even ours to give. We're just... We just receive it from a perfect God and we give it out by faith and the results are the Lord's. Well, we got to close there. And thanks again, uh, Neil and Anna. We're going to have you back soon enough on the third option. I love that. And God bless you. And thanks so much for listening to us today. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Your feedback is always welcome. Thank you.